Coming down in three, two, one. I am the Canadian football expert here. I don't take any responsibility for the black cats. The John Hedlund Soccer Empire. Did you see the motorcycle with the buffalo head on it? That was genius. Competitive pig wrestling. From our Radio 1 perch high atop DatQ Stadium, welcome to episode number 25 of GMG Cast. As always, we are brought to you by Learfield, powered by Coors Light. And my goodness, Hank, 25 of these episodes? It's half the way to 50. Which uh, is close to another uh, milestone that's going on in North Texas. Of course, if you have not already, please be sure to hit that like and subscribe button. But uh, 25 GMG casts, pretty cool little uh, lineup with 50 years at the Super Pit. And uh, we've got a guest today who was involved maybe in the greatest North Texas athletics achievement at that 50-year-old building across 35. Because um, I don't think that – there's a lot of great moments in North Texas athletic history. I don't know if one is as awesome as that one is. Well, you know, you, you never forget your first girlfriend, you never forget your first kiss, and you never forget your first trip to the NCAA tournament. So today we got the man who led that charge, who's now, as he should have been a long time ago, a member of the Athletic Hall of Fame – Dion Hunter joins us. Welcome to Radio One. I didn't know you hadn't been up here. Oh, hey, you know what? There's a first time for everything, right? Yeah. Man, uh, I'm happy to be back home. And uh, man, I feel like I'm in the uh, in the dog pound in here where you just get after it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm excited to be here. We're excited to have you. And uh, you know, you're a busy man. We'll talk about hoop hunter and the great things you've done for so many aspiring basketball players but as as Zach and I were talking about people we could visit with that have been a part of the fabric not only of the athletic program but but moments at the pit we do want to talk about that that opportunity because Zach's a younger guy who's grown up with ESPN you and I were around when ESPN came out of nowhere but back then to have the entertainment sports programming network come to your gym for a championship game and a chance to go to the NCAA tournament that was big time yeah, it was more than <clears throat> we could have ever imagined, and uh, we had never seen anything like that. But I tell you, you know, when you're <clears throat> when you work as hard as we did, and we finally put ourselves in a position to uh, to lead the conference and and get that opportunity, you look back and you're you're so grateful uh, because that particular year we we had lost so many games early on, and uh, I tell you. Adversity, it does teach you how to thrive. It builds muscles, and a lot of people don't understand how that works. But I tell you this, there's uh, delayed gratification if you don't quit. And and that was that was pretty much it. So the 88 Southland Conference Tournament is held at the Super Pit. You go up against Northeast Louisiana? Yes, sir. Now, mm-hmm. now known as Louisiana Monroe. But a rival at the time. A, a big rival at the time in the, the Southland Conference days. I mean, what do you remember about that game itself? You know, the the, the, the lights and the and the pizzazz and everything of ESPN being on campus and getting to do that. But the game itself, what do you remember the most about that game? Well, leading up to it, I have to say uh, Mike Vining. All right? I'll never forget the coach of uh, – 
of the team, uh, Northeast, uh, we call him. And uh, he, he he was competitive. He was a competitor. He and Coach Jimmy Gales, they went after it. And uh, that's a game that we always look forward to playing. And so if we were going to ever compete at the highest level uh, at a meaningful moment like that in the city of Denton, which had never had anything like that, man, we wanted it to be against the best. And uh, and I have to say that evening uh, leading up to the game, it was again, it was it was surreal. And uh, we, 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 we really, none of us could imagine it because over the years we had never really done anything big. You know what I mean? And that was, Zach, that, that was big. You know, and so uh, sleepless nights leading up to it, pandemonium. You know, the state club was rocking. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that was a place to be. You know what I mean? The hangout and all the sororities and, and all the frat houses, man, everybody in this town they were engaged, and so, you know, leading up to it, there was nothing like it. Nothing like it. And the state club, by the way, was famous for? Hamburgers and little beer and a little chicken tenders. Chicken tenders. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Bab missed out on the state club. Yeah. But, uh, uh, today, when you go on Fry Street, the state club is where Jimmy John's Deli is, but it is decidedly different on the interior than the state club. That was one of the uh, one of the great hole in the wall places of all time. But yeah, they were huge supporters. Great Kenny Fagalis and, yes. uh, and the rest of the crew there. But uh, you know, I mean, I think the thing that that some of the newer fans of Mean Green basketball may have missed out on is the fact that the NCAA tournament um, really had started to take on a huge personality in America by that part in the 80s. The the 79 matchup that featured Bird and, and Magic, um, that kind of vaulted that whole thing into a totally different stratosphere. So by the time you get to 88, ESPN is making a big deal out of the selection show. And I think it was the precursor to everything that we now really enjoy about the NCAA tournament. But you were right there in the middle of it kind of turning into – a huge sporting event. Do you look back on it that way? Well, yeah, it was a turning point for all of us. I mean, for sports as a whole, you know, it was a turning point. And to have our team, our fans, uh, sit in uh, anticipation of the NCAA tournament coming up and to have a tournament game right here in our backyard is just unheard of. And and so you can imagine what that felt like being a young, uh, you know, 20 year old uh, getting ready to be on ESPN and, and so again it was it was one of the greatest uh, moments of all of our lives and one that we will cherish forever but more or less for me and our team we were so happy because we I guess the way that we looked at our success was it was all inclusive you know if you look at all of the individuals who work behind the scenes to help us do what we do they're all top level professionals in all media markets you know you name it we've got a professional from that era that was a part of that success and so uh espn playing in that tournament game <clears throat> it made everybody want to do more want to do better and to see more especially when we're talking about being on national television you just don't that just that doesn't just happen you know what i mean it just and then and then with the with the coaching style that Jimmy Gale had, you know, it, he made sure that we were game ready. And it was a different level and style of coaching that most people, you know, are not familiar with today, but it worked. And that's all I could say is it worked and we were prepared and and I, th I thought we performed very well. How'd that game play out? Tell, tell fans that don't know how that game came down to be a mean green win. 
Eagles at the time. Well, at home? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, championship-wise, I mean, it was just one that, you know, we went back-to-back, back, you know, and uh, Northeast, uh, they, they were going to bring it. And, uh, again, it was just one that you it's – it's a boxing match that you just – you want to be at and you want to be on the front row if you can. You know what I mean? And I was pretty um, – I was pretty excited, but I, I, I've always been a go-getter. You know, I ran a lot in the uh, Denton area and outside of practice. I always believe that you got to outperform people by outworking them. And so I was always prepared. I remember our coach saying, hey, get back in the zone. Get in the zone. Get in the zone here and there to give us a break. And I said, coach, 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 listen, man, I do so much stuff on – on the side that you don't see, I can't afford to do that. Can I play man-to-man full court? I'm going to make this joker. I'm going to embarrass this dude, you know what I mean, and give the fans something to clap about. You know, I want to hear that 1 o'clock band. Rah! You know what I mean? You know, I always did things. that Every little thing motivated me, you know what I mean? If I saw a fan get up out of their seat to go get something to drink or eat, I'm like, hey, I got hey, we got to do something to get them to sit back in that seat. I was motivated by every – if I saw an empty seat, oh, we need to fill that next game. And so those moments in that, that particular game and being competitive, every little thing for me and my team, because I, I was a leader, you know what I mean? So goes Deion, so goes the team. You know, and I had people that were equally as talented as I was, and so, but we all knew our role. And, again, being competitive was the name of the game. And so we, we brought it. And, um, <laughs> again, the, the level of success we had against them was, was, uh, was unbelievable. And, um, again, you are listening to the 25th episode of GMG Cast. Uh, be sure to hit that like and subscribe button if you have not already. But you win that game. You clinch the Southland Conference title. You go on to the NCAA tournament, and you get paired up with North Carolina. I mean, what an introduction into the NCAA tournament to play against that type of blue blood. Um, you know, obviously the, the odds were stacked against you and the, and the Eagles didn't get the win in that game. But talk about just the experience of getting, go, getting to go to the tournament and, and play against a program like that. Well, first of all, <clears throat> Zach, I remember it like yesterday. I just started off like this. Yay! You know, it, it, again, there's nothing to be shamed about. We earned that right. We earned that birth. We earned that for the city. We earned it for the fans. We earned it for our classmates. We earned it for every single body that worked in the uh, athletic department <laughs> and to get matched up with the best. If we're going to lose, if we're not going to win that game, we need to go up against the best. You know what I mean? And that's what took place. And I remember the, you know, leading up to that, we were just everywhere we went in the city. It was fun it was exciting there were some autographs to 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 write for children and families and even those who were much older than us and I mean every single place we went and there's nothing like that but we paid a price that you have to pay to get into that dance you know everybody wants to be there but you've got to earn it it's it's not free and especially when you're North Texas at that time Nobody knows who we are. We, we had to do something and go beyond to put this program on the map. And that's why it's so uh, exciting to us for those who have preceded us, the success that they've had. 
we we feel like we're bungee cord. You know what I mean? We're we're a part of them, and we we get so excited because somebody's got to start it off and get it going. Somebody's got to get the fire lit. And so you know, leading up to that, when we got paired up with them, we were so excited. Not not nothing to be afraid of, but but we just, I mean, you got J.R. Smith, you got uh, Ren, you got J.R. Jr. Uh, Reed, Reed mm-hmm. and then you got uh, uh, what was it, Lebo. Uh, you got Scott Williams and uh, and Dean Smith and Dean Smith. I mean, you know what I mean. And so the greatest of all time. You, just, I mean, he's the next. He's the next best up there with with John Wooten. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to play them in Utah in the, I mean, man, it was it was not like it. I mean, the guys. I mean, I saw my teammates so happy, and I, I've always wanted to see other people do well. You know what I mean. So I've always worked hard and gone the extra mile to see my teammates do well because. I was a leader, so I've got to be able to have whatever there's a need for for us to get fired up and get going. And so I was excited for them more so than anything, you know, getting to play against that team in Utah. A lot of great uh, people that are still connected and a lot of folks that uh, have gone on to do really well in, in basketball. Tim Durier, who played on that team, is now at Boise State. And when we played Boise, maybe – Three weeks ago, uh, I made a point of, of, of catching up with Tim because I knew Tim from when he was an assistant here. Um, but that's a guy, you know, that's been a head coach at Utah State that yeah. has uh, done a great job at the junior college level with Tim Jankovich at Hutch and certainly time here. Uh, Dr. Jamie Wilson, who is the superintendent of the Denton Independent School District, what was his role with that team? Well, Jamie back then was a manager of our team, and he was always – he was kind of one of the boys, you know what I mean? <laughs> and he still is one of the boys. Absolutely. You know, but he was an integral part because, you know, we shared – everything together uh another guy that was always on the road with us uh, uh george uh, dunham was oh, yeah. on the road with us and uh, rob coffee was on the road with us and i'm telling you we have been with the greatest of greats you know what i mean and so i have so much respect for them i have respect for you guys too you're part of the family and uh but 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 anyway uh tim durier he was a big part of our success and I looked up to him, actually, when I first got here. Uh, we ate at his parents' house and then on the regular. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? <laughs> so, Had a nice pool in the backyard. Yes, I know. <laughs> and so, you know, I knew who I knew the good people to, 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 to uh, fraternize with. And so I, I looked up to Tim, learned a lot from him, learned a lot from the late Tony Worrell mm, as well. And I don't know that we could have done one thing without those two. Because uh, they were, they were they, I mean, again, they were leaders. I had some people to look up to as well because I was young and they were a year older and so uh getting an opportunity and having them there uh they I mean again it was just I supported them they supported me and we went in and we fought and uh, we we gave it our best effort but uh there's nothing like playing against a team like that on national television and and just balling out you know what I mean and we forgot about the score we just competed and we were just proud proud you know alums you know just getting after it so in uh, 88, 89, the next year, you are the Southland Conference Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, unfortunately didn't make the NCAA tournament that year. But then your North Texas career comes to an end on that high note with the Player of the Year award. Uh, what was life like for you once your time at North Texas concluded? What did you start to get into from uh, after your playing career at UNT was done? Well, I'll tell you what, <clears throat> UNT, it's it, – it, you guys would know this. Well, Hank, for you, you certainly would know this because you're you're at my age. But um, you've held up remarkably better. But yes, we are. <laughs> <the same age. laughs> but but I tell you what, being a member of a uh, student athlete here at the University of North Texas opened 
so many doors for me. And today I'm still uh, relishing in those opportunities that it provided because I never played basketball or got the education uh, to beat my chest or anything like that. But it was just what you do. You know what I mean? You go the extra mile. You're always going the extra mile. And I wanted to make this institution proud. And uh, it was something that was instilled in me long time ago. Give your best, do your best, be your best, and represent. You know, it's all about serving. And so I have a servant's heart. And so <clears throat> the opportunities that I got uh, by becoming an MVP, I never <clears throat> worked to become an MVP. It just, boom, it happened. You know, when you put the work in, the results will come. And that, uh, that, uh, that summer prior to be, being a senior, I was able to go and uh, the Southland Conference picked a, uh, a, a tour team to go to Scotland. And that, with Jimmy Gales and Coach Mike finding as the assistant coach, uh, I was able to go there and I meet. I got to become friends with uh, Pete Carlon, uh, that was over at UTA. He was a mm -hmm. trainer at that time, right? And so I uh, became friends with all of the top uh, players on teams with that team, and we grew and became friends and developed friendships. And so that senior year, when we got to play everybody, everybody knew everybody. And so it was a, <clears throat> a great opportunity to be able to compete with them out on the court. And, and so once we won and we did well and I, I got MVP, I was <clears throat> a little perplexed. I was like, really? <laughs> you know, me? And it opened up doors, meaning after the season was over, Coach Gales got a letter. And uh, I said, Coach, uh, this is a, a letter from – someone in Malta, Montana, and, uh, you know, you think I should call him? And <laughs> Coach, he was funny. He says, no, I wouldn't worry about that. Well, anyway, I went ahead and took a chance and called him. <laughs> sure enough, I was on a plane the next week going to Malta, Montana, and my teammate was Lorenzo Romar, who had just got through playing for Golden State, and he took me in the locker room. We're on the same team in this little tall, small town in Malta, and he took me in the locker room. He said, hey, he said, he said, hey Dion, I want you to meet my friend, and it was who? Uh, David Robinson and we were we were getting ready to play David before you know what I mean that's and, and so we took pictures and everything like that and I'm like God you got to be kidding me and what I liked the most about that moment was that you know when the announcers announced you know it, it, they can say Dion Hunter but they say from University of North Texas you know what I mean <laughs> and so I've always excited been excited about that taking the show on the road and, and, and so it led me to, to get that opportunity. And then shortly after that, uh, we got another letter. And Coach says, here you go. Here's some mail for you. We look at that. And then it was me getting invited to the PIT tournament, Portsmouth Invitational Tournament, where there's one of top 60 guys in the country and all the NBA guys get to come and watch you play at a gym for a weekend. And sure enough, uh, I get on a team and, and I, I room uh, with some guys that I used to see on ESPN all the all the time, and, and I'm going up that night against a guy named Tim Hardaway. You know wow. what I mean? <laughs> you know? And I'm like, this cannot be happening. You know what I mean? But it all originated from right here. And so I, I give so many props to this university and all of the people that people don't even get to know that takes they, – they play a part in, in making this something special. And so I did it for them. I went the extra mile for them. And so – that evening, I got to meet the late Red Arbot in a ballroom uh, evening dinner that we had. And so, it, you know, being here and the success we had, it opened up so many doors because I'm a, I love people. And so, and after I left there, I got two 
invitations to attend the Dallas Mavericks camp, free agent camp, and the Washington Bullets, actually, and, and then one in Chicago. And so I chose the Mavericks, and, and, I, and I have no regrets. I, I, I think it was the place to go, and, and I, it served me well. By the way, you know, we're supposed to paint the picture. He is wearing gray sweats, a black North Texas pullover hoodie with a green hoodie and fans the white headband with the Nike swoosh. So you're looking the part here. You know, uh, years later, uh, as my kids were playing ball, um, I looked up Hoop Hunter. I knew who you were. We had met. And I thought, well, if these guys are going to get better at basketball during their high school career – I need to spend some time and a little bit of money yeah. with Dion. And we went out to your place, and uh, I was so amazed that not only were you as hands-on as you were, but, man, you'd set that timer, and you're working with them as hard as they were working. And I know my two boys, they, they said that's one of the hardest <laughs> workouts. And, Dad, how old is that guy? And I'm like, he's my age. <laughs> no, well, you couldn't do that. I'm like, no, I could not. But the thing that also stood out to me is just uh, you're a very faith-based guy. You are not at all afraid to incorporate that into the messaging and – it has really worked for you. I mean, you, you've made an impact on a lot of athletes, not just in terms of athleticism, but I think in their lives. And it, it seems like that is your focus. Well, it's a combo platter. I mean, we all know it, you know what I mean? But sometimes when you're, you feel spiritually led to do something, then that's what your calling is. You do that. And not everybody's led to do that. But when you're led to do that, you got to play point guard. Yeah, I'm a quarterback, and uh, you know, and 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 that's the way. It, and and I I accept that role and responsibility. I just told God, I said, now listen, everybody, I don't want to get all touchy feely about this, but I, I want to do it in a way to where it it makes sense. But I also, can I, can we still teach them how to be a tiger, how to be a lion, respectfully and responsibly? You know what I mean? And I always tell people, you know, play hard, but also respect your opponents. You know. And, and so what we do at Hoop Hunter Basketball, we teach, we motivate, we encourage, we inspire, and we praise. And we walk the walk. A games, the only thing's acceptable. B games get you fired. I don't care on any level. B games get you fired. If you come in with a B game, you got to want to have an A game. C games can't come in the door. We can't do that. You know, kids, kids are precious, and it's a precious – they are precious commodities. Money can't really buy it. It's just that you got to bring people in – that have a sincere heart to help people grow. And you've gotten to work with some amazing people and some amazing athletes through that. And uh, one I wanted to bring up, because before, you know, we're getting ready for this podcast and Hank's telling me all the athletes you got to work with, um, one's in the NBA right now. Uh, his name's Marcus Smart. Went to Marcus High School in Flower Mound. Um, what was your experience getting to work with a future NBA player? Well, to be honest, uh, Phil Forte. I'll start with Phil. Oh, Phil, yeah, Phil. You know, I completely I, neglected I, I, Phil. No, well. Sorry, I mean, Phil. That, that's all right. We're working together. <laughs> well, it's all about Phil, team. Phil, Phil's humble enough to say start with Marcus, but, but Phil's a great story. So well, let's go. there yeah. again, I mean, we'll start with Phil uh, because Phil and I started working out in the seventh grade and his father just dropped him off and says, you got him. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, you serious? And he came in and he, was, he wasn't a humble guy. He was pretty chesty. You know what I mean? He got mad at every shot that he took that he missed. And I said, Phil, sir, son, you got to chill out, man. Okay. Life is going to be okay. And uh, I got him to come down, simmer down over time, but we worked hard. I played his tail full court I've, in his face, you name it. I, I mean, I got to do whatever I need to do to get him built up into a remarkable player that would become a top-level college player prospect someday and the good thing is that the parents uh, his father was on board with it and didn't interfere 
And I always tell people, you know, if you want your children to grow in this sport, it's a little crazy at times, but you got to let them fall. You got to let them experience things and go through things. And that's what Phil's father did. And I was not surprised at, you know, how his career took off. And for us, the benefit was he and Marcus became friends through select basketball. And that is what brought Marcus into our facility. And believe it or not, I have to uh, give props to my dear friend, Wendell, uh, William, Wendell Williams, who is about to retire over at Denton High School as a basketball coach because he really did the majority of the work with Marcus. You know what I mean? Because they came in as groups. And so I have to acknowledge that because, I, at, at the, you know, back in the day, I was pretty much hogging the ball. You know what I mean? If you came in and you were talented, I wanted that. But I had to learn to, again, distribute the ball. And so Wendell said, hey, man, you going to give me somebody? And I'm like, okay, take this guy that, that, that comes in with Phil. He wants to work out extra. And uh, and he said, okay, okay. And sure enough, <laughs> it was Marcus Smart. And so I sat back and watched Coach Williams work with him pretty regularly. And then they brought a herd of friends in from that point on routinely and so that's kind of and we still get some of the young men that train with them that are overseas coming in during the summer to train with us and so we, we've been real blessed and fortunate to be in one place for now nearly 32 years you know and that again I, I still attribute that to the success we had here at UNT. Some people listening will know that was a spot-on Wendell Williams impersonation. <laughs> I mean, it was it was really good. But, you know, I've really enjoyed getting to know Phil uh, now that he's on Ross Hodges' staff. And when you watch uh, the preparation that goes into games, man, Phil is a great fit. And he communicates at a high level with those kids. But, again, you talk about a guy that turned into a great college shooter. And I believe, I'm not mistaken, his best game ever was against North Texas. Well, yeah. Gallagher-Iva. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't his, surprise his, me. His, his scoring record occurred against the Mean Green. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just another one of your great benchmarks, man. It's, uh, it's, it's a great career. And then, I mean, I guess the other thing that I'm just so happy for, and a lot of people were, was, was going into the Hall of Fame this year. Um, I know it meant a lot to you, and it was a great speech, and it was a great moment, but that's one of those things that lasts forever now. You're in for life. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, when that happened, and when I got word that there was a chance, it was hard because for years I've always – I've never really trained or worked as hard as I work with my team members to become known as a Hall of Fame. I've never, I've always thought team. I've all, everything is about team. And, and I, you know, I just prayed to God. I said, God, you know, this one's a hard one to swallow by myself because I, I didn't do it by myself. I never went to practice by myself. And I've always wanted to, if I were to go in, I wanted to go in my team. And so I prayed about that. And I said, Lord, I don't know what to say. And so I, I, I got this notion. I said, you know what? I tell you what, this is the way I can kind of hand, best better handle that. Call all my guys, talk to them about what I what just happened, and tell them, you know what? When one gets in, we all get in. And that was the theme for that day on purpose. You know, once I got acknowledged, I just, again, I got everybody together, every single person that showed up, and I said, hey, come over here in the corner. I want a picture. And then the guys that were on the team and everybody that supported it, I said, listen, this is what I want to be remembered by. When I want us all to say this on three, one gets in, we all get in and sure enough we said it together and that that was a wrap you know what I mean and so I guess for me everybody's in if Dion's in we're all in you know and so it, it, it's still a, a memorable moment forever and I, I, I see all my guys and everyone back uh, with us during that era as 
UNT Hall of Famers. <laughs> what a spectacular story, a spectacular journey from uh, from North Texas and beyond. Uh, of course, you are listening to the 25th episode of GMG Cast. Uh, hit that like and subscribe button if you have not already. But uh, Dion Hunter, man, it was awesome to have you up here for a little bit, and we really appreciate you stopping by. I told you, I told you it would go quick. Right? <laughs> I mean, this guy's got energy. Now we're going to hook you up with some other folks at some point soon because with this 50-year celebration of the pit. Um, if they're going to have the likes of me on there talking about the pit, we got to get you on there. So just know there will be another ask coming, all right? Hank, I'm, Hank, I'm with you, and uh, I'm just so proud to be in good company today with you two. I think the world of you guys and everyone that's involved in youth sports, uh, for college sports, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. And I, I see you guys as family, and we all have – we're, we all have roles, and uh, I'm a part of yours now. So I appreciate being in the in the house, and uh, I, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. That to-do list you have needs one more thing. Chill. It's an easy thing to do. Just crack open an ice-cold Coors Light and chill. Take the afternoon off and binge watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Who's counting anyways? Or hang out with just your dog because you've had enough human interaction this week. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. What a guest to have on the 25th episode of GMG Cast to help celebrate 50 years at the Super Pit. Uh, a lot of milestones uh, being celebrated uh, on this episode for multiple reasons. But, uh, man, you talk about a guy who cares about North Texas. Uh, hard pressed to beat a guy like Deion Hunter. And that's really what we talked about on the Hall of Fame committee uh, this year. Not only a worthy athlete, but what an ambassador for the University of North Texas. Athletics and beyond. I mean, Deion Hunter is that. And and I would encourage people, if you've got young people that are trying to get better at basketball, um, Hoop Hunter is a great place to go. And, and he is what he is. I mean, everything you just heard there, that uh, that's not fabricated. That's his energy every day. That's uh, the way he believes. That's the, the the portal that he looks through. And when, when you talk about portal now, you think of the transfer portal. Well, Dion was a four-year player here. He led this team to an NCAA tournament. He was a conference player of the year. He's a gem. Absolutely. And on that topic uh, of, of 50 years at the pit and great moments, and, I mean, it's it's hard to beat clinching an NCAA tournament uh, spot on your home floor on ESPN here in Denton, America. But uh, we're going to keep uh, looking at some of those great moments in a segment we're calling... <laughs> Babbling with Hank here on the 25th episode of GMG Cast. If you have not hit the like and subscribe button, please be sure to do so. But, uh, you know, we're talking great moments in Super Pit history today, part of this 50th anniversary celebration. And, Hank, you've been through the corridor of years uh, here at the pit uh, over time. Um, but in the in the 50 years here, what are some moments that really stand out to you in terms of of great moments at that gym across 35? When they uh, interviewed me for the, the creative content piece, you know, I mentioned the 2018 CBI championship. And the reason was I, I felt like 
you knew something great was starting to happen with Grant McCaslin, but that was a really crazy run. If you'll remember, the, the, the team didn't finish the year as strong as they wanted. Um, there had been talk about getting invited to a postseason tournament if you didn't you know, win the, the Conference USA, which they didn't. And by the time the season was over with, we were kind of a just barely a thought with the CBI. We were the 16th team in, so if you want to look at it, we were the number 16 seed, sent us to South Dakota to play a team that had been really good and, you know, probably just, hey, here's a token opportunity to play one game and you're out. But it turns out that was where Grant McCaslin worked some magic, got a couple guys in that hadn't been playing a lot, allowed uh, Michael Miller to go from shooting with one hand to the other hand because he realized he would prefer to shoot the three with his left hand rather than his right. I mean, that, that's how crazy it was. Uh, Duffy, who hadn't played as much because of injury, we're going to start you. I mean, it was the mad scientist, Grant McCaslin, and boom, we didn't just beat South Dakota. We knocked their socks off, and that started this run that would end with a nationally televised game against San Francisco at the pit, and it was the first postseason tournament victory. Great crowd, lots of fun, and as I tweeted out, it, to me it was the precursor for what is now the Ross Hodge era, but the Grant McCaslin slash Ross Hodge era, which included, you know, some fantastic moments I mean you I, I guess I look at two different eras of my time here and that's in 28 years it, it's the McCaslin Hodge era beating Western Kentucky to cut down nets um, NIT games even though it wasn't a win that game against Virginia was pretty epic um, so many great performances uh, by a number of players Tyler Perry wow and then the Johnny Jones era you know 10 or, or so years prior you had a guy that much like Dion. You had Josh White, four-year player, transformed the program, two trips to the NCAA tournament, championships in the Sun Belt, lots of great moments in, in the arena with those guys. Um, so those, those, those are the, the, the kind of moments that I've remembered the most. But when you look back to to Dion's moment, and you know we were kind of bantering about this beforehand, is can, can you put – I just want to ask your opinion on this. Can you put anything up against – clinching a tournament spot on your own floor. Is that is that, in your opinion, the greatest moment in the 50-year history of the Super Pit? I, I mean, I think I think that's hard to top because if, if you look at what the goal is every year when you set out to play college basketball, it's to get to the NCAA tournament. So to have an opportunity to do it on national TV, on your court, and you deliver until something else like that comes along, pretty hard-pressed because um, the NCAA tournament is – the ultimate goal. Uh, winning the NIT was huge. And you could argue winning the NIT is one of the greatest things that's ever happened at North Texas because it was winning a postseason tournament. But until you, in Las Vegas. Yeah, not yeah. if you get a chance to do something great at home, it's going to be hard to top that moment. But um, the program's come a long way. The uh, exposure now in the American affords you nationally televised games on a regular basis. Um, there'll be some other great moments here. Uh, but the bottom line is now those conference tournaments take you to an alternate site. I think we have to, as North Texas fans, really embrace the fact that Conference USA was playing their games at the Star in Frisco. American Athletic is right down the road in Fort Worth um, at Dickey's. Um, you have to understand those are great opportunities to really help your team win uh, because you're not always going to be that close. And speaking of helping your team win. Um, I guess we'll all end this episode on this note. The success that 
both programs are having right now, on the men's side and on the women's side. I was looking back through the record books as we were getting ready to do this podcast here, and I don't know, it's hard to tell without going in deep into the weeds of the record books. This might be a first in the 42 years that we've had concurrent women's and men's basketball programs that both have started this strong. I mean, you look at the success the men have had, and 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 really, and they were in those, some of those early games. They were so close against LSU and so close against St. John's, and and you know played toe to toe with some tough opponents. And the women are out here, not even you know at the halfway mark of the season, they had 12 wins. So it's just like it's it's such a golden era that started with the McCasland in the CBI that you talked about to now you've got Jason Burton in here and Ross Hodge continuing the McCaslin success and Jason Burton bringing in his level of success that it's just amazing to see the success of these two programs happening at the same time because I don't unless I'm missing something deep in the weeds of the record books I don't know if this has ever happened well it's also a jump up in conference uh not that conference USA wasn't a really good conference it was we proved that last year with FAU going to a a final four and North Texas winning the NIT and Charlotte uh you know doing what they did in the CBI um but this is a step up for the men and the women and to to have both programs play um some good teams in the non-con um Certainly, I think Burton's done a really good job scheduling to get his team into a new mindset. Hodge has taken his team to some tough places, and we've had some close losses. But the bottom line is they came out of that a better unit for having played the good teams. And, uh, yeah, I mean, as we record this, we're, we're mid-January. A lot can happen. Um, anything can happen to teams. Injuries can get in the middle of things. And But uh, – Really good time to jump in and go catch basketball. As we record this, the men have won 15 in a row at the Super Pit. So, good program, great players, excellent coaching, and winning. What's keeping you from coming to the pit? Pack the pit. There you go. Well, that'll do it for another episode of GMG Cast. 25 of these in the books, Hank. Yeah. That's, who would have thought? Who would have thought? That's wild. I mean, I'm I'm here uh, thanks to Learfield and powered by Coors Light. Is that how we say it? Uh, I think it's the other way Backwards. around. Backwards. Okay. Well, well yeah. apropos. Okay. But <laughs> that'll do it for our 25th episode of GMG Cast. Um, powered by Learfield. Brought to you by Coors Light. Okay. Sorry. i got to get my taglines <laughs> down. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, for my broadcast partner, Hank Dickinson, this is Zach Babb. Signing off for now. Go Mean Green.